It's a mustache initiative. <laughs> Welcome back to the Side by Side Guys Off-Road Podcast. I'm Big Z. I'm Ian with Full Throttle Battery. And we're back live here on the streams, on the tubes. Yeah. Pressure's on. <laughs> uh, we're doing live on Facebook and YouTube today, uh, just like we did with the Polar Polaris Pro-R launch. Uh, today they're launching the uh, Ranger XP Kinetic, um, their first EV official like UTV supplant power engine, whatever. Yeah, they've been doing the... Uh the battery powered thing for a little while now, and this is kind of their first aggressive move towards that platform to kind of do like dual sport purpose type stuff. So kind of interesting to see where they go. Yeah, I think uh, they're going to get started here in just a second. Now, if you've been following their website and stuff, um, you're probably already aware, or if you follow our pages, obviously I've already posted uh, some of the specs and the pictures of the, uh, the colorways and things like that of the new model. Um, but being in the battery industry, I'm assuming you're pretty interested in uh, seeing what this is. Yeah, hopefully they cover some of the things that, you know, this thing's not going to be powered by, you know, conventional chemistries that you would find under the hood of a car. It's going to be powered by a lithium battery pack and lithium battery packs are, you know, as, as the, the re release goes on, we can kind of address some of the things that are inherently a concern with a lithium battery pack. You know, if you want to talk about just a couple of them right off the top, uh, shock, Shock and vibration is a concern. You know, the lithium cells are pretty resilient to that type of abuse, but batteries that are powered by lithium technology, especially in a cycling application, have what's called a BMS, and that's a battery management system. And anything that is man-made, uh, I'll quote BJ Baldwin, there isn't a, materi <laughs> there isn't a material on earth that survives off-road. And yeah. uh, in, in the golf industry, lithium battery packs operate anywhere this is what i've seen you know companies will tell you differently trust me because lithium advertises itself as a chemistry that's set to last anywhere between 10 to 20 years you know 10 to 15 is kind of the threshold there and uh, they'll tell you that it's super reliable super sustainable it's not you know it's in the in the golf industry the people that i work with the people that i call on i see and and guys for every battery that i put into a Polaris RZR, I put 100 to 200 into a golf cart, an aerial work platform. And these are all the same style, same size of battery. And we operate at a 0.9% warranty rate. Lithium, the lithium that I see, the lithium that I compete against is roughly about 15 to 25%. And that's a problem. You know, if there's a 25% chance that your airplane's going to crash, you're going to get on the plane? Probably not. So there's, there's, there's good, there's good applications for lithium, partial state of charge type applications, because if there's one thing Polaris is probably not going to cover today that's a really, really cool factor about this machine, it's the fact that when you go to recharge this thing, if you do it on a conventional battery chemistry, let's just say the charge time is like 12 hours, charging a lithium pack is probably going to take you know, a fraction of that. So, right. so that's an advantage. Um, maybe not necessarily. It's definitely not an advantage over fuel, where all you got to do is dump a bunch of gas in and go. But nonetheless, uh, if we're talking about EV, it is an advantage. And as everybody has seen with the Tesla and stuff like that, uh, the ability to make power by way of an electric motor is insane. Right. So we'll see. This is quite unique for Polaris. Am I on the right <laughs> YouTube channel here? This is very uh, techy looking.
this one of Google's intro things? Oh, it's got a countdown on it. Here we go. And the countdown reset. <laughs> this is all pre-produced video, so yeah. I don't know what this would all be leading up to. All right. While this is going on, we'll see what we got in the chat. Uh, Joe Merrill commented, hydrogen fuel cell cars, I believe, is the answer as they don't need large energy density battery to function. Yeah, I think a lot of this is going to come down to, uh, I don't have, I'm just be, truth be told, I don't have a heck of a lot of experience with stuff like that, but I will say that a lot of this is going to come down to the ability for the components to withstand insane amounts of abuse. The, you know. the the shock factor is a huge part of it. Um, the recharge time is going to be a part, big part of it. The weight is going to be a big part of right. it. Uh, lithium has the benefit of being super light compared to a flooded battery or something like that, right? Uh, that's why a lot of racers use it and stuff like that. Uh, so if you go look at the specs that we launched this morning on the, the vehicle, um, it is only, I think, 100 pounds light, uh, heavier than a, a standard XP1000. So I'm super su surprised at that number. Um, you would figure that this would be a, quite a bit heavier vehicle for what it's doing, but I'm super curious on why we have this intro on. I can mute it one way or the other. Because that is some low-grade elevator music right there. Well, you there. are wearing like hipster clothes today, so. Yeah. Make sure we're on the right path here. It's winter, dude. We're getting cold out there. Well, that's the video. All right, we'll leave it. We'll just let it run. All right, we'll switch to that view. So uh, as far as Rangers go, um, what's kind of your perspective on Rangers and, and where they fall in line with your desire of to ride, ride off-road? Uh, I think Rangers are awesome, like out on the farm and stuff. Uh, basic trail riding, this, that, and the other. I know Rangers kind of scratched the itch for a lot of people, you know, for being like a dual-purpose machine. Me personally, I'm going to always lean to and buy the machine that gives me the best amount of power, best weight, power to weight ratio, the most suspension travel, just because I never know where I'm going to wind up riding. Uh, so uh, the Rangers of the world, the Defenders of the world, although I think they're amazing, I think they're really cool. They really don't fit in my realm, right. you know, but let's call it what it is, man. I mean, you want to do some like overlanding and stuff it's solid it's yeah. a great great place to start but if while you're doing that overlanding if you want to absolutely rip might not be the best best choice so yeah i've always looked at the rangers as far as um the platform goes as a pretty versatile platform for what it what they intended to be used for the dump the, the bed and, and how you can utilize that for work and play uh the upright bench seat makes it easy to get in and out of there's really no um complications to the car it's kind of a People call it a glorified golf cart, but I, I see that as a positive as in it's easy to access, it's easy to drive, it's easy to, to do what you want to do. Um, I know a number of guys that use them up in the mountains and um, they're quite capable of going anywhere you want them to go. The low gearing doesn't mean you're going to go down the trail very fast, um, but uh, unfortunately that's just the nature of, of those targeted cars. Now that being said... I have seen guys turbo these cars. Sure. I have seen guys put long travel on these cars. I've yeah, you can make them tires. your own. You know, we've seen snow tracks put on these things. We've, we've seen these things go anywhere and do everything. Dunes, rocks, snow, everything. So I think it'll be uh, exciting to see the electric platform come to fruition. Now, this is their partnership with uh, Zero Motorcycles. Yeah. Uh, so they signed an exclusive, I think it's like a 10-year 
partnership with them or something to develop these electric vehicles and they're going to do the entire fleet of vehicles so we're going to see this be a precursor to razors generals right um quads um that actually that's going to be kind of cool if you could see a a Spartan, a Spartan XP um, electric would be pretty sweet. Yeah, my guess is they're doing something to um, keep the battery pack warm as well. Like as you lose, as you drop temperature, you lose capacity. Let's just say, um, you know, I I don't know the exact math. I used to. I oh, should know it, go. but you know the the battery, the, the capacity drops as the temperature drops and you know at certain at zero degrees you might only be operating at thirty percent of the battery's capacity. Right. It's time to find out. I dig the light bar. Across the grill? Yeah. That's yeah, bitching. Hello, I'm Steve Minetto. Hi, Steve. Of Polaris Off-Road Vehicles. Thanks for joining us today for one of the most exciting product launches in power sports history. From sleds to side-by-sides, we are a company full of riders who are always pushing the envelope and developing new and exciting ways to get outside. And when we spend time with our customers, either on the trail or at work, we are constantly listening for innovative ways to help them go further and do more. I'm feeling Steve's mustache. The introduction of Ride Command across our brands, dynamics on our Razor products, Safety features like geofencing and helmet aware in our youth. These are all great features. Oh, yeah. In our North Star Industry range. leading features. By now, you've probably seen our electric test grounds campaign for the new full size electric Ranger. Since we announced our plans for this product, we've seen interest in our off road electrification absolutely skyrocket. And when it comes to designing full electric vehicles, we've teamed up with the best. With more than 15 years of experience, Zero Motorcycles is a global leader in electric powertrains and technology. We combine Zero's expertise in electric with our leadership in off-road vehicles to design and build the most capable, the most durable, highest performance. I've always wanted to try an electric dirt bike. Before we dive into the product, let me be clear. We didn't set out to build an electric Ranger. We set out to build the best they already had one. <laughs> one that addresses real-world needs for our farmers, ranchers, hunters, and landowners. Today, we are once again taking a bold step forward. Ooh, fancy wall. Redefining what a UTV can be, thanks to the power of electric technology. With that, I'm excited I'm gonna to do my whole office in that video wall. <laughs> we could be the beach <laughs> anywhere we want. Cue the B-roll. You had the volume change. Holy cow. To do more. They really like this light bar. Like, <laughs> they show it a lot. Introducing the revolutionary, all-new, all-electric Ranger XP Kinetic. For the very first time in the history of side-by-side -side utility, electric actually means more capable. If you'll notice, there's a there's a tooth-driven belt on that, not a CBT. XP Kinetic's advanced electric drivetrain generates instant torque, an industry-leading 140 pound-feet of it. It lets you effortlessly tow up to 2,500 pounds and delivers incredibly precise control at low speeds. XP Kinetic also has the highest horsepower ever found in utility side-by-side -side, and the capability to translate that power directly into productivity. 
Fill the box all the way up to its astounding 1,250-pound capacity. That's a lot. XP Kinetic easily hauls the massive load. You make fewer trips and get more done in less time. And because it's a Ranger, XP Kinetic goes anywhere the job takes you with the ground clearance and suspension travel you'd expect from the off-road utility leader. Upgraded from 13 Just inches. Like you, XP Kinetic has what it takes to keep going all 27 day to 29 inch tires as well. State-of-the-art lithium probably where they got that clear. And regenerative braking that recharges them every time you take your foot off the accelerator gives you a range of up to 80 miles on a single charge. And customizing XP <sighs> 80, 80 miles on the ultimate. The premium is less than that. compatibility with XP1000 accessories gives you instant access to industry-leading cab systems, powerful winches, and versatile storage options. There's even a fast-acting electric heater designed exclusively for XP Kinetic to keep you working. I wonder if you can install that on a different model. Cold. If it's electric, you should just be wired in. Making the jump to electric now means more durability too. Without oil, plugs, filters, or clutches to service, XP Kinetic has the industry's most advanced drivetrain. Their website doesn't show any specs on it, but if you look at the videos, the shocks really aren't any different than the shocks on the current XP1000s, which I was kind of hoping for them to do like a general XP1000 setup where they upgrade the shocks on the premium model. With XP Kinetic, going electric that also means is what I want. <laughs> silent? I want to be able to go silent when I want to. Whether you're simply trying to hold a conversation. How many times have you tried talking to somebody without comms in the car? <laughs> oh, it's bliss. Looking for a little more peace and comfort during long work days. I want to hear that motor sing. Dramatically quieter off-road experience. Selectable drive modes let you select the power you need for the task at hand. There's an Eco Plus mode to help maximize range. And when you're in a hurry, a sport mode for instant acceleration. Just to answer Joe's mention about hydrogen, hydrogen setups are a lot heavier and bulkier than just a pure electric like this. That's why they, no one really considers it for these small cars. Your charging station is always visible at a glance. The off-road's most sophisticated GPS system makes it easy to find your way out on the trail. And if you're on foot, it can even help lead you back to where you parked. When you get back home, more refined performance includes filling up. There's no gas or cans to deal with. Electric charging costs less per mile than gasoline. And thanks to the power of ride command, useful info like current battery status and remaining charge time is always at your fingertips. With Ranger XP Kinetic, electric has earned its place at the forefront of off-road utility. Now the world's hardest working people have a revolutionary choice in how jobs get done. Ranger XP Kinetic, the power to do more. Light bar. <laughs> I think we're just gonna start all of our shows with a light bar hit. First the Pro XP got a mustache. Now the Ranger got a mustache. What's the, what's next to get a mustache? Oh, I see what it is. It's all to match the CEO's mustache. It's a mustache initiative. I'm excited to walk you through an in-depth look at the all-new, all-electric Ranger XP Kinetic. 
built off the legendary Ranger platform. Ranger is the hardest working, smoothest riding utility side-by-side, -side, and there's no doubt XB Kinetic delivers on this. That price. bumper comes with the Rangers, all the trims, but the winch does not. Absolutely incredible. The innovative electric powertrain unlocks a whole new level of capability, durability, and performance. This revolutionary vehicle is built for farmers, ranchers, hunters, and landowners who take pride in the work, value accomplishment. What do you think let, of the kinetic name? Let that sink in. Oh, a target mod is right there in a nutshell. They're right out in front of it. Yeah. This is not a dual sport machine to go out in the mountains and explore in. Uh, they're going to hit the hunting market here in a second. Oh, the hunting. Yeah, I mean, hunting for sure. But, but you, you trailer to pretty close to where you're going to hunt. So 80 miles is more than capable of doing hunting. 100%. Yeah, for sure. The electric motor on the XP Kinetic produces an industry-leading 110 horsepower and an astounding 140 pound-feet of torque. That's nearly 35% more power and two times more torque. I wonder if you're going to start seeing groundskeepers at golf courses. And I don't mean that as shot at all. Oh, no. Start to use that because... Why would you use like a Cub Cadet or something when you could use this? Why would you use something that was making noise? True. Don't do anything in my backswing, Zach. <laughs> I'm going to sneak up behind you and push you with the bumper. means you can 2,500 pound towing. 1,250 payload. Even in the toughest terrain. Two-inch receiver on the back. XP Kinetic delivers the off-road capability and smooth ride you've come to expect from Ranger. It features a class leading 14 inches of ground clearance to confidently rise over obstacles. Dual A arms all the way around. Uh, on YouTube, we got a comment, Chevy is top. I can see the benefit for municipalities or school campuses type settings. I kind of think this might be uh, municipalities for sure, but like school campuses, this is a little aggressive for that, I think, you know. It's more of an off-road. I think beast. he's referring to collegiate. Yeah, I mean, unless you're like plowing snow with it or something, but uh, that's uh, but a big I don't, deal for them. Says, but I don't see farmers or hunting hunters lining up. Um, I would, if they're rural farmers, maybe or yeah, urban farmers. I mean, most farmers have got. Uh, they just showed negative eight operating temperature. So, yeah, so it's got a heated blanket around that battery pack then. trailer towing power and torque to the ground. XP Kinetic features are most durable. I see, the, see this being a huge um, security forces car, like the campus security or potentially you know, yeah. low speed drivability. stadium What's security, more, things like that. Well, it's quick, fast, yep. and then you can put anything you want in the back. Spark plugs or clutch maintenance. In fact, scheduled maintenance. <laughs> I heard a joke today about how squeaky the car is going to be with no motor noise to hide it. It's simple, really. Fewer moving parts means less scheduled maintenance and more uptime, so you can focus on getting the job done. Yeah, d d and I, I'm not scared by the 80-mile range. Out at my farm, 80 miles is totally, totally doable. Yeah, you'll see nowhere on here it says overlanding. <laughs> right, for sure. And five-year battery coverage. So they just showed the warranty being one, three, and five. It's one-year standard, but you can upgrade through their warranty program up to three years on the drive drive line and five years on the battery and i highly recommend that everybody upgrade those warranties as their first option xp kinetic offers incredibly refined performance the all-new electric powertrain delivers clean quiet operation for easy conversations with friends and family while riding
or stealth. Joe, the recharge time is stated at five hours from zero to 100 on the standard platform using the included charging system. Uh, but they had said that if you upgrade to the 220 uh, install uh, setup option that you can charge uh, lower than that. They just don't state a time for that. And we're confident you're going to love it. The electric powertrain also delivers the most usable torque ever available. Five hours is really fast. And it's really nearly fast. instantaneous in response. In other words, you will get the performance you need when you need it. And if you got a faster Next option, if it puts it down to four or three and a half, that's even way faster than that. So, uh, do you see anywhere where it says how, how many amp hours that battery pack is? Uh, not amp hours, but they are saying the kilowatt hour. Step on the pedal, and that instant acceleration will push you back in your seat. This machine is an absolute blast to drive. I posted it on Facebook and Instagram today. Let me pull it up. Oh, I got it in my notes. Where's my notes? A 12-volt cargo box. So it's a 14.9 kilowatt hour on the premium and a 29.8 kilowatt hour on the ultimate. Plus a new shifter design includes high, low, neutral, and park, but features a new integrated switch for forward and reverse. So you can change direction quicker and easier than ever before. Rocker switch for forward and reverse. This is especially beneficial. Which means you get high and low in reverse. Which means the transformation to golf cart has <laughs> is now complete. Does it does it have a high pitch whine when yeah. you put it in reverse? Eco plus mode optimizes performance. It also has turf mode. Range and light duty jobs. Standard mode optimizes throttle response for everyday driving and moderate sized jobs. And sport mode enables maximum performance for spirited driving and the toughest jobs. I love that driving. term, <laughs> spirited and driving. Also packed with connected vehicle and technology features. An available seven inch infotainment screen powered by Ride Command lets you work and play smarter than ever. You get added peace of mind with the ability to- Mind you, the mo more accessories you run on this thing, the quicker the battery gets discharged. For sure. With GPS oh, I did see something that's pretty critical. Um, it said that 95% of aftermarket accessories for the Ranger will fit on this. This is exactly the same yeah. chassis, so it should fit. Only things that won't will be anything related to suspension or, you know, those uh, petrol accessories. Ride Command Plus creates visibility to key information such as issue <laughs> Joe says the Harman Kardon's designing uh, engine noise sounds for their EV vehicles. <laughs> Can I get one that just goes, womp, womp? All of this innovation you want to sound, <laughs> I wanted mine to sound like a two-stroke dirt bike. <laughs> for further customization, the Chad mode. has 95% compatibility with XP1000 accessories. So it's easy to get the same great selection of Ranger accessories you have today, allowing you to get the job done better. This means the same great pro uh, Chevy, no, it's not available in the crew as of this moment, but they were more than likely launch one in the next few months. That's how they work. They operate on a two-seat, three-seat launch, and then they come up with a four-seat or six-seat launch later. New accessories for XP Kinetic include a fast-acting electric heater so you can ride in comfort in cool weather. Additionally, an upgraded onboard charging system offers faster charging so you can have the confidence the vehicle is ready when you are. Ranger XP Kinetic will be available. Surprised they don't have a heated seat option. The premium trim is equipped with yeah, one of the nice features about lithium too is there's no, there's no downward trend. So you run at peak performance until it's dead, and then it dies, and then it's flat. 
available seven inch infotainment screen. So if you're out in the trees, uh, right. you, you know when you're stranded. <laughs> right. Kilowatt hours of battery capacity. Good for up to an estimated 80 miles of range on a single charge. On eco mode. With state of the art and that is up to 80 miles. Yeah, that's. This machine is ready for a full day of work. I would have loved to have seen it say 100. Yeah. We're in the backyard. Both trims are equipped for charging straight from the factory. I would have come out with a more aggressive trim right from the factory, like 32s. You know, maybe. well, they did upgrade from the 27s to 29s at least. Yeah. So they're at least matching the razors as far as size goes. Charge from a 120 volt or 240 volt outlet. Oh, that's good. And the head turning LED accent light. That's really good. Also doubles as a state of charge indicator when and the, the mustache is plugged in and charging. Factory installed Night Rider mode. Charging rate is mm. 3 kilowatts for the premium and 6 kilowatts for the ultimate trim. What do you think of that? Can reach full charge from Much average. Yeah. And as fast yeah. as 5 hours is equipped. With the available accessory onboard charging system, rates can be boosted to 6 kilowatts for premium and 9 kilowatts for ultimate for up to 50% faster charge times. 50%? Yeah. It's two and a half hours. That's pretty good. Fast as possible charging. For those customers looking to wonder if that's only on the smaller one though. Solution, we've partnered with QMerit, experts in EV home charging solutions, to make installation familiar. Uh, here's the thing about lithium, man. Uh, lithium companies, there isn't one in America that operates in the black. Not a single one. They 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 go under and go out of business just as quick as they start. So from a charging standpoint, from a battery standpoint, these guys are making batteries out of lithium that's sourced from the same place all over the they're world. They're all doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, some are doing it better for sure, but it hasn't proven to be uh, very good quality just because lithium's kind of having a race to the basement because it's expensive. Yeah. ...than ever before. While unrivaled durability means less maintenance for maximizing your uptime. Refined performance from the quiet electric powertrain delivers an exhilarating ride with instantaneous torque and unmatched power. Mustache. Does Steve's mustache adjust on his energy level like the Ranger does? Mine goes up and down with my cell phone. <laughs> my cell phone's at 50% of my bucket of crap. Is that it? I don't know. Oh, I was hoping for more. All right, well, is what it is. So, initial thoughts. Uh, I would have to agree with the commenter online that uh, for municipalities and stuff like that, that this thing makes a lot of sense. I have no doubt it's going to be successful, but, you know, a rancher, a rancher that has a, uh, you know, 500-gallon diesel tank, filled with red diesel or a uh, another fuel tank that has gas in it and he, his fleet is 90% diesel. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, would I, would I love to have a vehicle like this that never got off the farm? I don't know, man. I mean, I, 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 I'm in a position where I want multiple purpose off of a machine that I'm going to spend $25,000 on because let's call it what it is, $25,000 buys you one heck of a truck and a whole lot of gas, you know, if all you're doing is just throwing hay if around you're, and checking fence. If you're on the fence. farm, 25 grand is a lot for a truck. Oh, yeah, and if, <laughs> and if all you're doing, I mean, historically, when I go out and check fence, I'm on a John Deere. I'm not on a uh, quad or a side-by-side. The other thing about that is, you know, like you were saying, if you have a 300-gallon diesel tank, you know, you want all your 
vehicles to use the same tank. Right. And so the electric's nice because you already have electricity, so you're just tying into that. But right. um, I would say that if you have what I call the, the suburban farmers, the guys that have 5, 10, 15, 25 acres, whatever, on the outside of town, this is probably a great solution for them. Yeah. Uh, for the guys that are out in the boonies that have, you know, 200, 300 acres, whatever, um, maybe not so much. Yeah. Because a lot of times those guys are affected by electric rates fluctuating too because right. of base where they're at. Yeah. Electric's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere in air warp platform. It's not going anywhere in pallet jacks or anything like that. You, do, you can't have emissions in a confined space. You can't have emissions in a reefer. You can't have emissions at a big warehouse that they're storing food or anything like that. So it's not I going to any- think about the industrial side, indoor industrial. Right. Yeah. So it's not going anywhere in those capacities. But like the thing that kind of has me scratch my head as far as like sustainability goes, as far as EV goes and stuff is diesel. You know, they've proven that they can do diesel. They can do it clean. And with diesel, you have, I mean, listen, uh, I, I saw a metric the other day that if 25% of Americans operated a diesel vehicle, we would increase our, um, our, you know, our fuel ability to, you know, in terms of what it is that we, uh, we generate for fuel. Our carbon fuel footprint. Uh, yeah. I mean, essentially we would, we would expand what we have in our oil reserves by something like 200 years. And that's just if 25% of Americans operated a diesel vehicle. And I know Polaris has dabbled in diesel. They have diesel. Yeah. Yep. They have diesel. So they even have diesel uh, options and razors and stuff for a government. Imagine if they did a diesel motor, a small diesel motor in a Ranger. That'd be so sick. Like it would be a situation where you, uh, a manageable carbon footprint, uh, low consumption. It, I think it would translate to, uh, to potentially a vehicle that could, uh, our live video ended. Um, to a vehicle that could increase by 25, 30% of its range. I've never understood why they never offered a diesel version of their cars to the general public. I think the general public is smart enough to know why they would want a diesel and what the limitations of that would be. Um, I'd be up for a diesel, you know, for going out in the mountains. I think that'd be a great option, especially when we go to those small towns that don't have, you know, high grade petrol or anything like that. It's just, you know, low, low of the barrel, 87 or diesel and that's yeah. it yeah. and we experienced some of that on the idaho bdr you know what what that gets you so um i thought the uh the, I, I never understood why they never op- offered that but as far as the electric goes you know i don't think anyone in their right state of mind was thinking they were going to come out with an equal to equal ev replacement for you know a gas combustion engine vehicle i don't think that anyone was really expecting that everybody wants that everybody wants an ev to get 150 miles, 200 miles, whatever, um, you know, but I just don't think that's realistic where, where technology's at. But at that, at that point, you still have to start somewhere. And I think this is a great start to a future where EV grows in the off-road world. I still think, and I've said before, that I, the hybrid solution is, the, is what is the solution for now. I don't think that's the end goal. I think, but I think if, if people were investing into a technology hybrid is a missed opportunity in a lot of areas. Yeah. I mean, uh, a hybrid with, you know, if we're eliminating the, the rattle factor, if we're eliminating like, um, issues that could potentially arise from off-road abuse, a hybrid could be done in what it is that we do on these overland trips tomorrow, you know, no problem as long as they're relatively resilient to trail abuse. Right. 
and we don't do stupid things that they're not capable of doing or or that would risk parts <laughs> yeah um, for sure uh which is always tempting when you're out on the trail to do something different and crazy uh chevy uh on youtube um said that the farmers and wineries in california are going to be all over this going green and i think that there's a huge market in california for this because eventually we're not going to see combustion engines being sold in california new from the dealership so yeah until they until they elect a uh, a republican governor <laughs> or just a better one yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to go re- repeal all the crap, um, which will happen <laughs> <laughs> eventually. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good option. I like that they didn't veer away from the existing platform too far. So, you know, all the accessories, like you had mentioned, adapting to this car, no problem, because it's all the same frame. It's all the same plastics. It's all the same uh, stuff that you're used to. The You know, the included heater uh, option uh, and operating temperatures being below freezing i think they really hit that hard because that's usually the first thing people say about these cars is that they're not going to operate when it gets cold right uh nathan jones uh 20 uh quoted me he goes 25 grand buys you a heck of a truck and a lot of gas exactly my point with these vehicles geared towards this market if i'm a farmer rancher why would i buy one of these when i could get a nice used truck much cheaper and far more capable and more comfortable and you can drive down to the local mini mart and get a pepsi in you most know, in everywhere until <laughs> these things are uh street legal yeah. universally it's it's kind of a tough sell but i mean that said in rural markets where where farming exists people don't get too uptight about seeing a side-by-side on the no. road so i would say there's very few farming communities that care if your utv's on the road yeah it's just usually the guy that has the hopped up x3 <laughs> straight piped that makes people upset um so you know as far as auxiliary videos they didn't really put anything out that we didn't just see already in the in the launch video um, but what do you think about the future of maybe a electric general or electric razor? Um, electric razor would be really interesting for the rock crawlers and the mud guys, you know, the ability to go lightweight and, uh, I mean, short course and stuff like that. If, if all you're doing is racing, I mean, I'm sure there's a market, but I mean, is it really worth the R and D for the Polaris's and the Can-Ams to come out with something that's so niche? I can't, I, 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 can't I mean, answer they, that. they already have some niche products including sure. the pro r for sure um but i'm super excited and i think i've mentioned this before um the idea of getting electric drivetrains in these utvs to for the racing application you know when we're talking about sand drags and things like that you know the instant torque the instant power and then the tuning of that is all literally how you want to tune your car's application of that power um, you know, we, I said in the video that, uh, the CVT is gone, but they do still have a belt in them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a toothed belt to drive the gear, uh, which means you still have a belt mate to maintain. Um, you're not in there blowing it out cause it's not getting dusty and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think they're the future of, of racing is really interesting when we talk about EV and, and how that applies. And, um, a lot of gearheads in their garage making fast cars are going to have to start now learning how to program and how yeah. to, do math and all this other stuff well and let's not fool ourselves this stuff isn't going anywhere no for sure it's not going anywhere so but i, I just think the future like how how that competitive advantage now becomes something to can be you know looking at and talking about and exploring new options i think that's awesome like the guys putting tesla motors in you know pintos and then racing them on the <laughs> right. on the racetrack and getting banned um i think that's cool uh another thing that i forgot to bring up is that the specs say uh the water fording uh spec is the floorboards so essentially what they're saying is don't, don't put this thing higher. in the water. Yeah. And that got has me concerned a little bit. 
because because when we talk about lithium and we talk about water if lithium and water play together they don't usually play nice well lithium and uh lithium and air don't play nice so oxygen right. oxygen and lithium do not play play nice at all and and uh, they said there's a lithium ion pack in there Mm-hmm. So there's lithium ion, there's lithium ion phos, so lithium ion phos, everybody will say as much more, it's not going to ignite BS. been doing this for 20 <laughs> years. I, I've seen lithium ion phos ignite. I've got photos of it ignited and lithium is one of those things that when they, uh, when it ignites, it's very, very difficult to get out. And well, uh, there was a... from a fire standpoint, last place that you want to have a fire is in the freaking wilderness, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. the first Ranger EV to go up in f- flames isn't going to help the the Razor on fire memes at all. I didn't say it. <laughs> but there's a famous uh, incident where the, the hurricane went through New York and one of the um, electric car companies, lots full of cars all caught fire due to the flood. Uh, and they were using the same, basically the same technology, the lithium-ion electric uh, technology. And they all started mixing with water and air and, and the, started expanding the cells and then they got exposed and he overheated and caught fire and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So a uh, whole city block basically blew up in electrical fires. Yeah. So um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, what exactly the durability of these machines are. And for the most part, when they say no water above the floorboards, what they're saying is keep it off the electric keep it dry yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a bummer I, I i would i would hope to have seen and maybe that's just a legal thing yeah and unless you're in arizona or california well california i see arizona people doing puddle puddle jumps and stuff like that um i mean if i'm paying 25 25 grand for an off-road rig i want to go everywhere well you want to be able to go through the mud <laughs> for or sure. go through a stream or like if you're out on a farm and farms aren't flat they have ups and downs and yeah. water collections and if all I, sorts of stuff. If I worked at Polaris Marketing, I would literally hand one of these rigs to Slick Rock immediately <laughs> and just say, "Make it awesome. Take it to San Hollow. Take it to Moab and go crazy." Yeah, and that would be a bit, that would be bitching. I mean, because the the power and the torque of an EV on rock crawling that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. Yeah, it'll be cool. I, I think it'll be you know when we see so. At uh, UTV Takeover San Hollow, I went out with Brandon from HCR and their um, huge Polaris uh, Ranger build that had 42s and 6-inch portals and all that stuff. Um, you can only imagine what an EV of that size and that suspension could do. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're talking about having to upgrade axles. You're having to upgrade a lot of the components that you put the torque down. So um, it'd be interesting to see who puts the first EV portaled rock crawler or, or whatever out there and, and yeah. how it does and be pitching <laughs> and with the uh, with the uh the electric switch to reverse and and having the high low gear in reverse if if they don't limit that would be really interesting to see who's the first one to go backwards up some of these obstacles yeah somebody's <laughs> gonna do that for sure but um i'm excited i i think it's cool um uh dallas you said no reason to you shouldn't be able to drive this underwater I think we just covered exactly why you wouldn't want to drive that underwater, but um, you never know. They might just be covering their butt legally to say, don't go in the water, um, just like they do with, you know, the, don't put gas in the back of a razor and well, all that stuff. The the electrical components on the actual motor, if if you're going up to the floorboard and stuff like that, a lot of those are going to be exposed to the water. Um, as far as where the battery is in the back, I assume the battery is probably under the hood uh, in the front. That would be my guess. Um, so as far as the actual battery being submerged, I don't think there's going to be anything exposed 
tremendously. But like I said earlier, the BMS, the battery management systems on these battery packs, um, they are susceptible to damage. They're susceptible to damage via vibration as well. Now that said, Zero Motorcycles has been out a long time. And I mean, if you can make a BMS, uh, because I've watched, um, oh gosh, this is Northwest. I've watched Josh Hill, professional motocross rider. He's been on EV dirt bikes for a long time. And he'll go out there and huck a freaking dirt bike off a stadium triple. And they seem to be relatively reliable, but there's a big difference between a 200-pound motocross bike and a 1800 track and an 1800 pound side by side like the vibrations are a little different this that and the other and the suspension on a motocross bike is light years ahead of what's on this uh on this rzr well or, uh, i'm sorry more forgiving Ranger. too you don't have as much mass yeah, in the sure. other stuff so and you're you know you got things like your legs being shocks and things like that um but the the interesting thing is that the technology with these EVs has gone a long way from the old days where it was like if you short something and then the whole thing fries or whatever. Uh, my boys are into Mythbusters and all this other stuff, and they watched a Mythbusters garage where they submerged an electric car to see how far it would go and how long it would last and if it would short out or not. And basically, the the management system is what shorts out. It has a safety that says, hey, I'm getting current in places I shouldn't be getting current, so I'll just turn everything off and and kill the system so i'm sure that's exactly what they've got going on they got some sort of you know over voltage water detection type sensor that shuts the system off and stops it from blowing up underneath your feet so so overall you a buyer i don't think i'm a buyer unless i had expendable income just to play with it sure um I, I'm the I'm the guy that as soon as I see this, I'm like, I want to take it out and put it in a razor and see what happens. Polaris is going to get a lot of purchase orders from the government. Oh, for, for sure. For that rig. This so. I think there's a huge government. And when I say government, I mean education, law enforcement, um, you know, uh, municipalities, things like that. Like, like down in our local uh, city park, you know, downtown, they have UTVs that they drive. Yeah. And I would assume that this would be on their list of upgrades. Yeah. I think that the thing that cops are going to love about this thing is it's just plug and play, plug it in, turn it on, drive it. Uh, no oil changes, no fueling up, no, uh, yeah, the maintenance is going to be substantially down on this thing. For and, sure. and, you know, the military uses electric vehicles and because I'm dumb and I'm a caveman, I asked a question once. I'm like, why are you getting so many purchase orders from the military? Do they use that stuff because it's silent? Well, they're like, well, that is a that is a feature, but it's not a motivator. Because the reason they buy this stuff electric is because there's less rotating equipment. Yep. It's just, it's more reliable. You literally pull, and this is another and thing. And for them, if it doesn't work, they just pull it up and renew it and they don't even well, like touch it. Yeah, and this is another thing that could potentially, removable battery packs, you know, and that's part of why the military was uh, buying electric vehicles is the fact that all they had to do when they, when somebody would come back from a mission is pull the battery pack, put a new one in, and it's ready to go again. Uh, yeah. It's much, much more, uh, much less rotating. Because you could have three or four on charge and rotate them out. Theoretically, yeah. It'd yeah. be interesting to see where the battery is and how hard it is to remove and all that because it would be interesting to see if that would be an option in the future to do swappables. I mean, I'm assuming... The battery pack is pretty heavy, but... No, no. I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, they are heavy in a golf cart, you know, no question about it, because a lot of times they're enclosed. 
Um, definitely not as heavy as like our batteries that we manufacture, but they're not light for sure. I mean, if you take, so could someone pick one up? Oh, well, debatable. Yeah. Yeah. I I think possibly, but let's just take like a conventional group 27, like on a battle born group 27, uh, lithium battery, our, our SLA battery, or I'm sorry, our AGM battery in a group 27 is going to go, I don't know, maybe 58 to 64 pounds. Whereas that thing's probably going to go 30 somewhere in that ballpark. So there still is some girth to it, but it's not really the lithium cells. It's mostly the electronics. Right. I think it'd be interesting to see because they haven't said anything about how many motors or anything like that. So it's it's all going to be one motor on these cars that have then, you know, an axle uh, and, a, and a diff and all that. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see if the future comes out with dual motor, just like Tesla did when they started. They started with a single or a dual motor uh, no, a single, and then they went to dual motor, and then with a triple motor. Um, I'm wondering if you know the future of this looks like having, you know, axles straight to a motor scenarios where you don't have a transmission anymore. You just have the motors and the batteries and the management system. Because if that's the case, you know, getting rid of the diff, you're going to get rid of some power loss, some torque loss, things like that. You're going to have a lot better numbers and a lot better specs, um, and a lot more power to put to the ground. But to do that, you have to have a lot more power flowing through the machine. Um, I didn't see anywhere saying what the voltage rate was on these. Cause like in cars you have, I, I, I'm not well versed in it, but I think it's like 200 volts or 400 volts, 800 volts, something like that, where they have different levels of power delivery from the battery to the motor. Um, and I'm wondering where, where they're at on this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Cause that also translates to heat. <clears throat> right. How do you manage that heat? So you talked about the cold weather. Yeah, the heat would be beneficial in that scenario. But at the same time in the summer or just even a normal day, 60 degrees, 70, 80 degrees, those can get really hot. So I'm wondering, um, they did spec that these are actively uh, air and water cooled. So there is a coolant system being ran in a radiator somewhere. Uh, so I'm assuming the radiator up front is still the same radiator as before. They just adapted it over in some capacity. Right. Um, and the, and the fact that they said it's an electric heater means that the coolant system is a very short closed loop system that you're not going to tie a heater into. Yeah. I will tell you one thing that I've noticed (laughs) right now is that the level of excitement in viewership (laughs) compared to the pro XP to the, to the electric, uh, Ranger EV is very noticeable in how many <laughs> well, people are tuning also in and only watching the show. Like a couple hours before. <laughs> well, we there's that show. too. Yeah. So we're, no one's used to us doing these live shows frequently. So. Yeah, I think we should start um, doing them every time. I think we should be doing them more frequently. Oh yeah. So makes less work for you, dude. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. <laughs> um, it's it's the angle, really. I mean, this is why I bought all this stuff is to to make it easier and quicker. So yeah, um, I'm looking forward to doing some live shows from the road. Yeah, for sure. That'd be sick. I think that'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, we had some questions about what cars we're going to look at for the next year. Um, you know, I think that's an episode coming up here soon that we'll have to put together uh, which car to buy into 2020. Um, I think obviously this is going to be on the list somewhere as far as to be considered, but I don't know if it's the one we recommend. Um, you know, Ian's got, uh, his X3 all hopped up now with, with big power and, uh, and the pro XP with his, with his full throttle build. Um, yeah. My pro XP, or I'm sorry, my X3 is not going anywhere for at least probably uh, 12 to 24 months. That is, unless somebody comes to me with a mint condition, 1977 <laughs> bandit edition trans am, I, I would consider a swap at that point, but, uh, or a 1970 Roadrunner. but yeah, no, the X3 is not going anywhere. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, I'm a racer guy at heart, and we still have the turbo out in the garage and, and all that. So unless uh, I can get my hands on a, a modern car to replace it, I'm not fond of debt. So <laughs> no, no, and uh, I, I'm the the more the more I see content coming up on the Pro XP or the the uh, the Pro new R. the new Pro R, the more stoked I am for it. You know, I want to start hearing some. Oh, I saw some pictures today. They've showed up at some dealerships as uh-huh. well. Um, well, um, demo cars. Yeah. I, I'd like to see some, uh, real world feedback from some real world users before I get too crazy on it. You know, it, uh, with any new model, there can have a tendency to be a little bit of bugs that, that need to get worked out. And I really want to see what, uh, the big power developers do with this motor. There's, uh, some vid- some posts coming out from the mint, uh, the mint 400s this weekend. Yeah. And there's some pro R's out there that are getting built by certain manufacturers and, and you'll notice that all of them have are completely stock, but they have a wrap or they have different wheels or, you know, they don't really have all the upgrades yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they do, you know, uh, third aftermarket wise on those cars. Um, I'm super excited to see what someone like, you know, high, not high lifter, but well, high lifters already coming out with some, but the like HCR and deviant and all these guys that make suspension components for them. I'm excited to see what they do with the new setups and, and what that looks like. Um, I'm excited to see on this Ranger, you know, what's possible, what the guys do as far as hacking into these things and, and making them cooler and awesomer. Um, I don't expect immediate, uh, activity in that ballpark though. You know, I think people are going to kind of wait and see how it's selling before they go too crazy on trying to hop them up. You know, well, I mean, I, like we said, it's 90 some percent compatible with existing Ranger stuff. So sure. you, you could go get an HDR kit for this right now right. and make it a long travel EV. Yeah, and I think uh, some of the people that actually do stuff like this are probably going to wait and see who's buying it before they go. Because if it's just municipalities, like what's you as know, far as the aftermarket, looking to see if what's the what's the the honeypot right. look like. And plus, at 110 horsepower right out of the gate, that comes on immediately. Like you don't have to go too crazy on making it much. And that's faster. the same horsepower that the XP1000s have. Right. The Razor XP1000s. Right. So, I mean, that's. Plenty of horsepower to keep people happy. Well, and you got like 125 on a YXE stock, and I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if the Ranger beats these things in, a, in you know, on like a 100-yard dash because yeah. I mean, the power is instant. Yeah, exactly. As long <laughs> as you have the traction. So yeah. um, That's what four-wheel drives for. I think there's some huge opportunity for people to start learning the process of getting into these, as far as performance tuners go. I think there's a huge opportunity for performance tuners like Evo and and um, Wayland and all these other different guys that are tuning these things to start looking at what's the process, what are the tooling that we have to have to get into these machines and, and hop, hop them up because this is coming down to the sport machines eventually. Right, right. That's, um, you know, you're going to see an electric razor probably within the next five years. I'd be shocked if you don't. Yeah, I would say probably the next three to four years. Possibly, yeah. Uh, but they might they might be working their way backwards, right? They might be working their their least sport to to the sport, and the sport might be you know ten years out. Who knows? Right. right. So it's interesting to see where everything's going, man. I'm starting to see some scuttlebutt and hear some rumors about some stuff that's a little bit concerning. But uh, you know, as it pertains to what Can Am and Polaris is doing, it's everything. Everything right now is trending in an awesome direction. Right. But I heard a rumor that Yamaha's not making the YXZ anymore. You know, so everything's behind the r max and like what are we doing you know? i don't know i i think they're they're more like you know it still sells people still buy them we'll just keep selling them until they stop buying them well i mean there's we, obviously gonna be a threshold where but we've seen nothing on 2022 yeah so yeah it's disappointing 
I think it'd be super cool if they came out with a sport version of the R Max. Like that wasn't so tall, that was a little bit wider, a little bit, you know, more capable. Like take the front half of it and then put a put a sport rear end on it and make it a cool car. Well, I think that the 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 market is open for the taking in a lot of ways for an ambitious company, you know. Right. I mean, you know that um we all have our brand that we we get behind. Uh but has anybody perfected this? Has anybody built a machine that is absolutely 100% leaps and bounds better than the other one, with exception to the Razor and the uh, the X3, because those are kind of the pinnacle machines out there uh, right. by far. But I just wish another OE would take a shot at them. You know you what know? I was thinking about the other day was most of the market, in my opinion, is kind of bored with the machines. And it's currently a race to who can outspend the next person for the coolest, biggest car. Yeah, and COVID's not helping anything. And COVID doesn't help that, right? But but I think that the market is ripe for an innovator to come in and say, we're doing something different. We're doing something that looks different, something that handles different, something that operates different, and actually bring a comp- competitor's edge in the idea that there's just a different option. Like the YXE was that. The YXE used to be the different car. The, the YXE was a revolution. It wasn't an evolution. It was a revolution, and it had a it had a freaking clutch. And as soon as they started hitting the dunes and the and the race tracks and all that stuff, they started winning. Right. And the the other guys, the Polaris's and the Can-Ams, had to start turboing. They had to start <laughs> turboing, and they started cutting putting out bigger, faster cars. But they didn't really change anything, right? It was just it was iterational growth. And the YXZ was a completely different animal. But then Yamaha was like, eh, good enough. Yeah, and then Honda comes out with the Talon. Yep. The Talon's not going to dominate a racetrack. But, but the, a, the Talon's but just another great. YXZ in a different brand. But it's great, though. It yeah. really is. It's not perfect by any stretch, but it, but it's great. Now, but I just want to take it a step freaking further. Yeah, but if someone came out with a hybrid paddle clutch, you know, whatever, like some super aggressive car with some awesome styling and some different creature comforts that you don't normally get. Well, I mean, if Yamaha and Honda came out with a juggernaut right now, considering how far out we are on, on, uh, RZRs, how far out we are on X3s, you know, Can-Am isn't even giving dates now. You know, they're, they're, if you put an order for Can-Am right now, who knows when you're going to get it. I don't think they're accepting orders until spring. It's possible. But like, if you take a, uh, if, if Yamaha or Honda came out with a new sport machine, they're going to sell every freaking one of them right now. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 it seems like a missed opportunity to drop, 100%. to not be dropping a new car. Right. So anyways, uh, I'm always stoked on new technology. I'm a nerd at heart and this stuff all gets my juices flowing. So, um, can confirm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, cool launch. I think, uh, seeing some of the production value being upgraded just shows that players is committed to, up in the game as they grow and grow and grow. So um so stoked about that. Um, I'm super excited excited to see what Can-Am does uh, in the coming years, year, years, um, and uh, how they play off of the Polaris launches. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, just the aftermarket adopt electric and see what they can do with it. So uh, shout out to my son. He turns 12 today. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Braden. Happy birthday, dude. And uh, until the next time, guys, peace. Peace. <laughs>